0: Is there have we hit the certain point where the Red Wings need to stop blocking shots this year?
1: Just, just yeah, take the goal.
0: I'm thinking so too. Just pull the JT Miller, flamingo it. Let it go in the back of your net. Um you, you got a good backstop back there. You don't have to. Yeah, Spencer Martin, who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh it's definitely it's been a rough, rough year for the Red Wings in terms of shot blocking. I mean, Bertuzzi to start the year. Soderblom and then Bertuzzi and then Sherrod also had that scare last. Didn't Sunquist have the one too? Sunquist had the one as well. That's a good point. Um, I, I've just come to the conclusion that no, Insider we had the scare for a little bit. Yeah, that one was really bad. Um, yeah, they they hit the stop blocking shots. That's I've come. I've I'm gonna talk to the loan. We're gonna we're gonna get this done. It can't happen anymore. They're scaring me. True, it's scaring me. But uh, how does it feel? Welcome back, uh, you've been, missed the last episode, how's it feel? Um, different. It's been, it's been forever, I mean, obviously we miss we missed last week, um, due to busy work lives and all that stuff, and just being mentally drained and wanting to put on a good show, and it does feel weird, I mean, in the, <laughs> Magnus Helberg has been a Red Wing for like 10 days and we haven't even talked about it yet, so that just shows where, <laughs> how long ago we recorded, but. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Production Line Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Garth Wickham. Grant Wickham. And, and this episode will kind of recap with also talking storylines, kind of going in and out. So It's going to be a little bit disjointed. Um, I want to talk about like some of the big things that are going on with the Red Wings, in terms of standings, player performances, goaltending controversy. First, this episode sponsored by ESPN+. Make sure you sign up with ESPN plus using inside the rink.com slash ESPN. Um, as a out of market viewer, like myself being able to watch the Red Wing games in Massachusetts is pretty nice on ESPN plus a lot of good um, ESPN plus games getting watched like John Bucci grass call a game. Uh, it's pretty exciting stuff. The Red Wings are playing the Panthers this week on ESPN plus. So make sure you guys sign up for that using the link. Um. Yeah. The week that was, um, I think it's fair to say the Red Wings are what we expected them to be. They're beating the teams they need to beat, but they're losing to the teams that they are are on paper worse than.
1: Yeah. Um, It's kind of an interesting point because even last year, you could argue that they weren't beating the teams they needed to beat. So progress is progress in my eyes. Looking at games that give them a little bit of difficulty though seems like they're just a step short
0: yeah and also like I would like to point out like okay so the Vegas and Toronto games I know it kind of feels like a long time ago but they kind of feel the same to me in the sense the Red Wings didn't really play that bad it's just that with the talent discrepancy of those two, those two teams have elite difference makers that can change a game on one shot like that. And I know. I know personally, I've talked about it a lot of having a, having a guy who can score on a dime and the Red Wings did make improvements to have that, but still difference makers such as like Matthews Marner and then in Vegas with Mark stone, Jack Eichel, the Red Wings don't have that. There's not really a star forward in the Red Wings. No. Your closest is Dylan Larkin, who's he's a high end forward, but I don't know if you classify him as a star. No. I think this the term star is thrown
1: around too, too frequently. Dylan Larkin is not a star.
0: Which is okay. He's a he's a good first line center. Yeah. NHL. Perfectly fine. And a lot of teams win like that. I mean, you look at St. Louis Blues of old. St. Louis,
1: yeah, they have no stars. They're,
0: they are the key team of just having very good depth. I mean, last year they had nine twenty goal scores and they, like there wasn't a weak spot in their roster. Yeah. I mean, obviously this year's a little bit different, but you know, you look at teams like that, there's been plenty of areas of success. Like I think the Dallas stars in like 2014, 15, another team that's pretty good. For example, I know Jamie vet Ben had the MVP season, but it was like 87 points in 82 games. So I don't know if that really counts. Yeah. I, I mean, there's plenty of examples. Th-
1: the big reason, That St. Louis has taken a step back, too. I mean, like, they're missing their best player in my eyes. Jake Wallman this year.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Oscar Sundquist. Keep going. Billy Huso. I mean, their best goalie. I was just talking about Jake Wallman, but. Ah, yes. DP. Just Jake Wallman. Just Jake Wallman. Um, A notable thing, like, I'm going to kind of bounce around a little bit but I did want to kind of stop on the Toronto game for a little bit because we did see the reverse retro jerseys in action for the first time. Has your opinion changed since seeing them in action?
1: Yeah, they're uglier than I thought.
0: Really? I I liked them.
1: Yeah, I'm not a fan.
0: No? It's just the black, huh?
1: There's too much, too dark. Yeah? There's too much going on there. I kind of like it. My eyes, uh, I don't know. I literally had to to the eye doctor like oh maybe like a week later try to think of when this was and I, I had my prescription changed because it was so bad on my eyes
0: <laughs> i can't tell if you're being serious or not that's fine i i, I get it i i am being serious wow okay um uh, yeah again another thing with this game um it was Huso's worst performance of the year I mean, like in and in, in terms of like the goals going in, it was tough. He faces the first shot of the game. He faces is a Matthews shot from the from the slot, not exactly a recipe for success. Then yeah. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember the second one. I believe is a power play goal, which was net front weird tip. Willie bangs it in. Uh, and it's just it just kind of added up like that. The Mitch Marner goal was really bad. That but, one.
1: That was a play that, like, I had circled from the day it happened. That play was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And it kind of was between, I think it was the two forwards were Bertuzzi and Kubelik, maybe, and the defenseman was Um, But of note, from what I can remember about that play, Bertuzzi and Kubelik took three minutes to get to the bench for a change. And it was like a four on two attack the other way because they took so long to get to the bench.
0: Uh, I, think it, I think you're kind of like Kubelik was still out there because he was the one that kind of just. I, okay. I'm...
1: Yes, you're right. It was yep. Bertuzzi that made the bad change. And it was Kubelik that was really soft on the back check. Yeah, He looked like JT Miller. Yes, he literally looked like <laughs> JT Miller's brother, Dominic Miller. Dominique. Miller.
0: Dominique Miller, the Czech, <laughs> JT Miller's stepbrother. Right. Yes. Um that was a rough one. And I mean, obviously, you want who you need Husa to make that save. That's it's an easy yeah. save.
1: It was a three step horrible play. Starting three with players.
0: The, starting with the line change.
1: That rush never should have happened if Bertuzzi was if he would have just back checked, yep. or if he would have been quick to the bench. And then also Kubelik should have knocked the puck off Marner's stick easily. And then Huso usually has one of the fastest chests in the league. Somehow his chest didn't get there.
0: And that's kind of like the like the thing with Huso, his style. He's not a flashy save guy. He's just, I'm going to be in front of the puck kind of guy. Yeah, he does a good job. Exactly. I mean... I know he had somewhat of an underwhelming week, but I mean, he's still sitting on a 9-12 with three shutouts. Again, in this in this league right now with the offense, a 9-12 is, is the new 9-20.
1: Yeah. It's all you need. And with the defense concerns of Detroit, I am very content with a 9-12 save percentage.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's the other guy who I'm not so content about, which I kind of felt... As if this game would have kind of given him some leeway into, I mean, he worked his way into a start the next game, but I felt like he could have gave himself a little run. He had an opportunity to take a little run and he didn't do it.
1: No, and I thought he finished
0: this game pretty well. I did as well. I thought he looked pretty strong. I know he didn't face too much. And it was like 12 shots, but I mean, stopped all 12, Red Wings scored up the goal, made it 4-2 respectable. Um, and again, like I see, like I, I wanna, I'm gonna backtrack a little bit to a point we made earlier. But last season, I feel like a game like this, the Red Wings sort of lost six one. Not and making four three. They battled. Yeah, they um, made it. It wasn't in the sense of I'm gonna turn this off. They no, had a couple we... games early on in the season. The Buffalo game, for example, is one I shut off. But I feel like it, the past couple weeks, there's been the Red Wings have been establishing. Um. What's the term I'm looking for? Consistency. Yeah, we know what th- we know what they are. It's just the point of can they get performances, the uh, higher performances from these uh, the at five on five from their top guys.
1: Yeah, it's it's really tough though. I I I hate to bring it up again though. I just like to go back to the point of star power. It's tough, right? You have to find there's not enough depth right now, especially with the injuries, to compete completely against a star-loaded team. Like Toronto has two stars, and then Vegas later on. They have Eichel, and then they have really good supporting cast around him. I'd argue Mark Stone is also a star, but he's on that fringe bubble in my opinion just with the injuries I, right. I think he he was he took a step back i it's it's tough without guys like Verana fabry of note and then even your defensive core has a lot of questions on it yet yeah to be facing offensive star power
0: yeah and Again, we, we talked about like teams that have had success with that kind of setup, but again, it's it's hard when you're still kind of coming out of the rebuild phase to have that. Because usually what happens when you come out of the rebuild phase, you have some luck in the lottery where you're picking a guy in the top two. Granted, the Red Wings did really well with Sider and, and Raymond. Both guys who have had at points this season haven't performed to their level that they did last year offensively or defensively in Sider's case as well. But I mean that's part of the growing pains and they're ahead of where you like where a fourth overall pick and a sixth overall pick are supposed to be kind of projected at this point, they're ahead of where ahead of schedule in their yeah. development. It's just the point of can they reach that next step? And could they come become <clears throat> those stars? Um I kinda wanna go back to the goaltending a little bit. So going to the next game, Red Wings lost five four in shootout to Buffalo. Nadalkovich started. That's, it was, also, the Red Wings went down four-one in this game and climbed back. Big credit to the St. Louis, uh, the St. Louis connection of Perron and Sunquist, who had a really strong third periods, and Tage Thompson. Uh, and yeah, yeah, Tage Thompson. Oh my god, he's he's so good. He's unbelievable. Yeah.
1: Talk about uh, scar.
0: Yeah, we'll talk about yeah the, the scare about Cider blocking that shot. The Tage Thompson took that shot. It was in ninety-seven miles an hour. Ridiculous. He is so. What was the? I think it was ninety eight point five. His one goal against San Jose on the weekend, the that one timer where the captain, uh, er, Kako Kakanen didn't even drop. Did you see that goal? I did not. He was still like it was a one timer on the power play. He was still standing straight up, and Tage Thompson beat him high. Yeah, ridiculous. He's, he's ridiculous. So silly. Um, but no, Nadalkovich, again. I kind of said like so kind of struggled the night the the game prior you have you have you kind of had your 12 12 saves not going in cold and you didn't take advantage of a Neel so I mean you look back a couple of those goals I know Dylan cousins goal shorthanded granted it's a shorthanded goal shouldn't happen but week five whole shot like to make a save the second Dylan cousins goal again plenty of time square to the shooter no traffic in front need to make a save there um What's the other one? Oh, the Samuelson goal. That one was really bad. Leaker through is his first career. That goal. one. Was, that one was horrible. It's bad.
1: I kind of tried to give him a little bit of slack on all the goals except that one. That one
0: was bad. And it's just tough right now because it's obvious that like, and again, if we really look at Nedalkovich's ten years at Red Wing, but aside from the first two months last year, has he been a good goalie? No, no. He hasn't been. He's been backup quality, which is it's to a point. Or I know it's it's fun for like. I just
1: want to go on a deep rewind of Alex Nadalkovich, right? Yes, he was kind of a big excitement when the trade happened for free agent Jonathan Bernier and a third round pick, right? Lots of excitement. You're getting this goalie that is has a lot of uncertainty, but was a Calder nominee based on his play with Carolina. Right? He was playing for Carolina of note. That is the key. I don't part of I've seen any goalie play bad for Carolina. Correct? All three three goalies have been reasonably good this year for Carolina. Uh, Peter Morazic also looked good. Peter Morazic looked like a number one goalie in Carolina. Freddie Anderson, I thought he was going to win the Vesna last year. Antti Ranta, when healthy, looks like a top 15 goalie in the league. Pyotr Kochtakov, I know I butchered that name, but... Kochtakov. He looks like a top 15 goalie in the league. He just signed a nice sweetheart extension too. He did. And I I do think he's got a lot of uh, upside and that contract might end up being really good, but he looks like a top 15 goalie in the league when he's playing. Carolina is just a goalie friendly team. They're, they're the kind of team that you take on. You were able to pull like what Colorado did and take on a, a Georgiev and just make him your starter because why not? And he'll do good.
0: Yeah, they're kind of uh, the old saying of, like, just give me average goaltending and we'll make it work. Yep. And it works, and Nelkovich was definitely a beneficiary from that system. And it's kind of time to think of Detroit's system and how they play versus Nelkovich's fit, and what's his future in Detroit?
1: That's the big question. I don't know that he's even stable enough to have, I know it's an early topic to be talking about, but to have a future after this year, right?
0: I'm thinking even the rest of the year. Um, Maybe. A couple things to indicate that. Uh, starting uh, chronologically, one, claiming Magnus Hellberg. I know they claimed it was for the roster spot and a long stretch of games, yada, yada. They haven't used Magnus Helberg yet, and they've been using exclusively Vili Huso besides one game. So that reason is kind of just not a null and void. By the way, Magnus Alberg, pretty solid. He's a decent backup. Let's call, him what he, let's call him what he is. He's played one game this year, 920 save percentage. It's, with
1: the, it's hard to even call him that, though, right now, because there hasn't a been sample enough, size. There hasn't yeah. enough sample size for him. He's played one game for Ottawa, and I thought he looked very good. that. I actually watched that game, and I thought he looked really good that game.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's... Great KHL numbers again. We talked about it last year because I mean he signed with the Red Wings at the end of the year. The one game he played with the Red Wings, they faced he only faced like twenty two shots and let in three. I think it was. Something like it that, looked so. really shaky. The difference between last year and this year, though, is he's been playing
1: hockey. He hadn't played a single game since. I think. Did he was play the Olympics? the Olympics? Yeah, I think so. And that was like a three month span or something. It was something. Yeah, ridiculous. yeah.
0: It was end of. January, I believe, to or it's February, I think it was, and then end of April. Okay, I, I just want to ask you now though, how do you go about
1: Nadalkovich now? So kind of Dude, my thought I, I want I want to go off your thought of he doesn't finish the rest of the season. This is all in theory that he doesn't finish the rest of the season. Are you talking like a trade or he's on
0: waivers? It's one or the other, I think. Uh, I don't really have a set. I don't have a feeling on either or. Um, my second indication, what I was getting at, is not starting against Columbus on a back to back. That was wild. That if that isn't the biggest, like we don't trust you. That's one of the worst I, teams in the one of the worst teams in the league. When you're going into a week where you know Vili Huso is going to play most of them because you're playing all the three of the best teams in NHL. So this is this also
1: comes back to my talk I had with you a little bit ago. Um, we kind of had a disagreement about Billy Husa playing his, like, fifth his fifth game in a row and it was against the Yotes. Yes. And we had a long talk about it. And I basically told you, I'll well, play the goalie that gives you the best chance to win. I mean, you saw the, the Yotes dissected us last year. Yeah. Why would we, why why would we start Ndalkovich when he's been like this? Yeah. And and, Give I mean, him a chance. You need to get his confidence back somehow. But... It's a double-edged sword, right? And I, I was just all for the train of just keep riding, who's so until he's like can't breathe. And I think and
0: it happened in Toronto. Happened, it happened in against tr- Toronto.
1: Happened against Toronto.
0: Yeah, so it's tough right now because again, you're not gonna. Uh, do you comfortably say like, hey Ned, like you're gonna start against one of these three teams the coming week? No. No. So Dude, if you if, can't, if I, if you I'm... can't tr- if you can't trust him to play against one of the worst teams in the NHL. Then I don't think he should be like, you can't trust him to be a goalie. Then, like, I know what you can do. I think a move you can make if he doesn't play for five games, then you can send him down to Grand Rapids for a conditioning stint. Yeah, that might be a move, but I'm kind of thinking, like, if you put him through waivers right now with caps and stuff like that, do you think he passes? Part of me thinks he does. Uh, I think it's a 50 50, right? Uh, the goalie market's crazy, and well, my thought is I had a couple, I had a couple crazy trade ideas. There's two teams I think of, both both in the Pacific, both in the Pacific. Edmonton, not Edmonton. One's Edmonton's very obvious; the other one's kind of less obvious. John Gibson, L.A. and Vancouver, yeah. Vancouver. LA's the obvious one because Cal Peterson just got put on waivers. Kind of a similar thing to Nadelkovic in the sense of he thrived in a small sample size. They, I mean, obviously the Red Wings didn't extend give him that much money, but it was expected to kind of be the guy for a little bit and turned out not to be the guy. I think um, LA
1: would be very interesting. I, I don't see Vancouver as a fit,
0: really. See, Dude. this is me putting on my GM hat in NHL. Uh because Brock Besser is uh on the way out, like probably on the way out. And you just do you swing a trade that way? I know Brock Besser doesn't have a ton of value, neither is Nelkovich. They shed yeah. cap and you try to get a a beneficiary it, piece. It would Obviously that, that, that one's crazy. I don't listen to me on that one. I'm I'm totally spitballing. But Thatcher Demko's out for multiple weeks. And yeah. I know Vancouver is somehow in this weird contention window where they think they're good but they're not. I it doesn't seem like they're just gonna sell their whole team now. Kind of what I'm reading. Yeah, kind of. I heard that. Like, I read that. I think Demko is being well, there was, moved. Well, yeah, it was rumored, but I mean, he's out for six weeks now, so it's a tough yeah. one. I I see. I guess I get what
1: you mean by. I mean, Spencer Knights are starting, or Spencer Martin's are starting goalie right now, but
0: he's actually played okay. Is
1: Spencer his... Martin worse than Adalkovich?
0: That is the thing. That's my point as well. It's just like, well, in LA's and, case, and, in LA's case, he's probably better than both of them.
1: Yeah. Jonathan, not, Jonathan Quick's not, been bad. If not equal to Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick said.
0: Yeah, he's so, a train right now. So that's kind of my point there, where I feel like you could swing a trade in that sense of a team that's looking to try to try to shake things up in the goalie because i mean how many teams in the nhl do you think have a solid enough goaltending tandem where they feel comfortable not that There's, many not that many dallas is feeling pretty good wedgwood ottinger it's great that's a good one uh boston's awesome islanders is awesome islanders is probably the best um
1: bring them Again, back to carolina
0: Carolina just has injuries all the time, but again, they, I mean, probably would, he'd probably go back to being as good as he was.
1: Honestly, Tampa Bay's like up there with one of the, Brian Elliott's been fantastic this year. Yeah. Arguably better than Vasilevsky.
0: <laughs> like this so, year, seriously. Yeah. His like numbers are, I mean, Florida, you got Spencer Knights I, doing well, but, but Boboski's doing really bad. I would argue that Toronto has a damn good one right now. Oh my. Yeah. They're, the, when they're healthy, I mean, they're, they've been great. So there's plenty of like, ways you could swing stuff in a trade. Okay, hear me but out. You get creative enough. Hear me out on this one. I, I know it's
1: two Eastern Conference teams, but this one would make a lot of sense to me. And this is this goes to all the Rangers fans listening. If there are any. I think it's just Sturkin and Dalkovich flip would be really good because no, listen, listen. Shosturkin okay. has really struggled this year, and mm-hmm. the Rangers aren't really competing anymore. Yeah, they're, they're entering a rebuild. or right, I think they should enter a rebuild, and I think they should just... Maybe should Maybe can get a little bit more for... for An, like,
0: aging, an aging player?
1: Yeah. I don't even know what comes to mind. Maybe... I don't even know. Maybe like Nadelkovic and... Hmm. I don't know, Adam Ernie, maybe? A little happy uh, package. Adam Ernie's
0: been pretty good.
1: He has, but I mean... Price is you gotta give, steep. Gotta
0: give up, I guess you got to give up something to get something. Price is steep. Right.
1: No, that would be pretty fair
0: to me. That would be. No, but I think in all seriousness, there is a way. And again, I don't know how likely. I'm not going to put odds on Nadelkovic. I think he's definitely gone at the end of the year. But the question is, like, during the year, I don't know. But it's very obvious at this point, the Red Wings aren't, like, Lalone. His fully intent of I need to win every game. And I'm not willing to give him an opportunity to reclaim his his game. So that leads me to either a trying to finagle a point of either scratching him with, while you still have a roster spot by recalling Hellberg just to have him back up or even start. And you get him a condition extent to see how he does in five game stint and then reassess from there. At this point, I'm more, you had
1: posed a question, do you comfortably tell him that he's starting a game in the next, like probably three to five games? And I said, no, I'd be more comfortable starting Hellberg, without seeing him
0: put him against Dallas again.
1: Yeah, literally <laughs> not the way Jason Robertson's scoring right now, but dude's a yeah. freak. Good for He's, him. Yeah. Good for what him. Gra- what I mean, player. let's
0: let's not pay attention to the guy who's picked before him, but
1: <laughs> you mean that's better than him. That was reasonably picked before him. That's been <laughs> the seventh or eighth defenseman every night.
0: Yeah. 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 Right. right. Yeah, he's good.
1: Talk about not having a star. You know how easy it Stop is. Stop it. Look,
0: Stop it. To look at that and be Stop like Stop it. Well there is our star forward. Oh, you can go to the twenty fifteen draft too if we just want to stay on Dallas too. We picked Svechnikov, and they'd have Rupe Hinsko in the second round. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Definitely uh Dallas is a really fun team and I wanna talk I want maybe we'll talk about them like towards the end where we can outlook the schedule. But um there's definitely a um definitely a goalie controversy. I mean, and Hellberg right now is down with Grand Rapids. He played one game. He faced 37 shots, which is a lot of action, and saved 34 of them. So I mean that's a pretty decent performance, but again, not great. Especially the way Grand Rapids have been playing lately. They're so Grand Rapids up. defense seems awful.
1: They're so banged up right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you had they sent down Sobrango and Vero, which was really interesting to me. I know they claimed Ice Time and also getting Barton up. Which I like Barton. Barton's pretty. Yeah, good.
1: it seems like McIsaac's kind of solidified a role for him, too.
0: McIsaac, he's a good player. He's a good player. Yeah. Um they've also had issues a lot with their goaltending. I mean, you look at their save percentage. It's all below 88% for both Olkanora and Bradstrom. All the more reason to again, my question is though, is how well does Nadelkovich take being sent down? At this point in his know. career. It's, again, it's not really the Red Wings' problem because, again, he's on an expiring contract and you need to worry about winning games. And if you don't feel... If Lalone doesn't feel that he gives the best opportunity to win, then don't play him. Yeah. I'm just curious how this shakes out, ultimately. With Helberg and all of that and in terms of rosters and stuff like that. I'm really curious. Really, really curious. Um... Kind of moving along the weekend a little bit, so the Red Wings played a back-to-back Vegas and Columbus. Vegas again, very much very similar to the Toronto game, four-one loss, um, empty netter. But again, there's a couple, just a couple plays where the Red Wings just lost their lost their game, and the loans really praised or not praised, but pounded into our heads saying like, "Hey, like this team." Doesn't give up a ton of chances, but we can't afford to give up that many chances because the other teams will capitalize. He says something like six or eight chances, and they capitalize on three of them. Yeah, there was a couple plays in this game where I was like a little bit like again five on five offense still kind of an issue. Um, there was the one the power play goal from Marcia. So the pet peeve of mine is like when players keep yelling at the ref while the play is continuing. Both Larkin and Sunquist did it on this play. After they went down on a two-on-one, Larkin felt as if he was hooked. Continued to yell at the ref. Sunquist felt like he was bummed weird, and he also continued to yell. And you get back in the zone, you're out of position and a wide-open spot for Soto to score when he's always going to score right there. Yeah, It's just not getting back in your... It's not getting set. If you were to shut your mouth for a little bit, go to the whistle after, and then talk. I'm all game for that. But again, that's just... Losing your cool within a play and not staying in position. It's a tough one for who. Uh and then like the Phil Kessel goal. I mean, can we talk like Phil Kessel's release is so dumb? Yeah, it is. That was, that was ridiculous. Like, it was poor puck management on the second unit power play, which now, uh, without Bertuzzi, which we will talk about in a second, um, is pretty bad again, which is a bummer. And having a good, not having a decent second unit again is, is tough. Yeah. Um but yeah, Raymond kind of loses an edge, kind of tries to throw it to Chirat, who does not handle it, of course, cuz he shouldn't be on the power play. And it goes back sure. the other way. Um yeah, kind of forgot about I didn't forget, but I was going to come up eventually, but should have just moved into this during the Buffalo game, but uh, Bertuzzi t- breaks his other hand, presumably out 6 weeks, needed surgery. Um obviously not the start to the season that he would have wanted a goal and three assists in nine games. Um, Still going to be a huge loss in the lineup. And with, I mean, it's tough six weeks you're looking at, I mean, mid January roughly, or not even further than that. Probably end of January. Yeah. We're, we're looking at close to the trade deadline. It really begs the question with his performance to start the year. I know he's battling injury and stuff like that, but what do you see Tyler Bertuzzi's future as?
1: It's it's tough to even say right now. Well,
0: it's just an interesting... I know, I know it's super tough. That's why it makes it an interesting conversation in the sense of you've lost trade value because he doesn't play. But also, like it's hard to judge what kind of player he is as he's continually getting hurt as well. And he's not playing to his potential he was last year. He's definitely a better player. I have full confidence that he's able to bounce back, but also it's just like it's tough right now with how often he's been out of the lineup. And then when he was playing, I know we both talked about his inconsistencies in his game management where he made some dumb plays. He did, but
1: it's also, I credit a lot to being like off the practice ice for a while. Right. And then you're coming back to a team that has been playing without you for a while. So getting adjusted to that, it's just a really tough thing to judge when would you say it's four points or three Four, four points and what? Seven and two halves of a game. Nine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So t- seven and two halves. Yeah. If two halves even. I don't know. The Time New Jersey stamps. one was
0: New Jersey one was early and the Buffalo one was towards the end of the
1: game. So thought so. Okay. But I mean, there were a couple games during that stretch where he did look pretty lost. And I, I after he scored his first goal of the season, Seemed like something clicked for him and it was his he was his old old self for about probably two games and he was back to being kind of lost for one game there. But man, that's such a hard topic and right now yeah. it's kinda it's kinda easy to say like okay, the team was doing this without him when he was in the lineup, but also
0: the team's record when he was in the lineup was I don't. Know. I believe it was six one and one, yeah, something like that, I mean. or six one and two or something. I don't remember the exact split. It was very good. Um, and again, I, 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 I agree. His impact is. I, I'm kind of, in the sense of value and stuff like that. Obviously, the contract speculation, the trade speculation has been all around with Bertuzzi.
1: So I just you envision a lineup with Verona and Bertuzzi in it right now. You know how much deeper that makes. The team and how more efficient each line is. Huge. It's wild,
0: wild. I mean, look at the second line right now. That's been on paper. I mean, they haven't been deployed as the second line. If you look at ice time, but uh, Suter, Rasmussen, and Kubelik. not exactly an ideal second line. No. We're approaching uh last year's second line caliber. It's yeah. tough. Now not the third, quite, but yes, pretty close. Pretty close. Um, and you look at last year. Um, the Red Wings actually had. What was I gonna say? I I lost my train of thought. Um, going to the third. I want to talk about the third line though, because I mean, players that need to step up. I mean, the third line in Bertuzzi's absence has done pretty well. And I don't know. I wanted to talk about Cops' performance. The past like couple weeks, I've really liked his game. He's starting to show why. He why he was so successful last season? It's weird because he's not playing; he's not being put in like a huge like skilled situation. He's playing with Adam Ernie and and Oscar Sundquist, and he looks so much more comfortable. Yeah, even at the center position. And I'm not even saying because of the points and stuff. I I thought like I really think that lines looked really good, in terms of possession and then and the cycle game, which has been honestly a kind of a strength of Detroit's Detroit's uh, style. Early on the season, um, but no, I mean the Buffalo game especially, I thought was Cops one of his stronger games when he set up both of Sunquist's goals, and then he scores a really nice goal against Columbus. No angle, I mean that shot was ridiculous.
1: Yeah, not really.
0: You're not you're not really feeling it.
1: I'm timid. He's playing a lesser role right now. Not ice time-wise. He's playing the same role. No, but then what was expected of him going into the season? Yeah. He's projected to be a top-six center or top-six player. Mm -hmm. And he's become a checking forward.
0: Yeah, that is a a valid point in terms of style.
1: Six years and $5.5 million. Five years. Five years at five point five million million. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I, do, I do get your point, but again we talked about the last episode you were on we talked about what do we need to do what does the Red Wings need to do to get Andrew Kopp to play his best hockey and right now he's doing that Of so far this year he's playing his best hockey I'm not saying his best hockey of his career, but his best hockey is in a Red Wings jersey. I know you and I talked off air about multiple times about what the line combination should be with upper Tuesday and stuff like that and we'd I think we both kind of like still want to see Cop on the wing in some extent, but I mean, right now, I mean that line's working. But I think Lalande even said like I don't know how much success this team has if Oscar Sonquist is playing this many minutes. He so said credit to him, he's he's playing well, but also this isn't really a recipe that we should be following. Yeah, which I agree. I mean, good for good. I mean, Sonquist player of the week for the Red Wings. They put it on socials, which was pretty cool. Uh, scored some. Big and timely goals, but again, I think he played 19 minutes against Columbus. Yeah, it was something stupid. Yeah. Sunquist is a 12 minute guy, and he's been really good this year for the Red Wings. I shouldn't. I'm not trying to diminish the, the the player. It's just he's not. He's not that. He's not a top six guy. So, I mean, in terms of guys that are stepping up right now, like he's the that line's definitely in that position. But another player that has really stepped up. With uh, he's getting more ice time, but the definitely the deployment is not really any different. But it's Jonathan Berggren. Yeah, is it is it kind of like I know with waiver eligibility and stuff like that, and maybe I'm talking too soon, but how tough is it? Would how tough is it going to be if we have if the Red Wings have to send him down?
1: Extremely. I don't. I don't think there's really. I don't foresee it happening. You I think guess. he stays? I think he should. Yeah. There's, I know there's lack of room, and with the play of two wingers, including Ernie and Sunquist, it's tough to find spots for everybody. But I think he's kind of solidified himself as a pretty important piece.
0: He's been. Is him and Valena both have looked really good,
1: especially in the power play. I think he's been a big reason why that second unit has been successful recently because he knows what he's doing on the power play and he's patient.
0: I really didn't like that they put him in the bumper position now.
1: Yeah, me neither.
0: That was kind of I don't get it why we need to have two defensemen on that unit, but hey, what do I know? But no, I I agree. And again, looking at um, it was the the Sarnak goal. Like put Valeno on bumper,
1: yeah. That drives me fucking insane. I'm not kidding.
0: Yeah, like Alex Tanga, he should be a guy who skilled guy who played on many power plays through his career. I don't know. I, I think you to the naked to the naked eye, I can I can see. I, okay, Ben Schrott can shoot puck hard. That's great. What else?
1: That's the problem.
0: He's really oh, good at gosh. he's really good at taking taking out his own players. That was proven yeah. against Buffalo. Again, I'm not blaming him. That's not his fault. It was a net front thing. I, whatever. I'm making. I'm making a joke, but still. Other than him, I, haven't seen him make a like a really great offensive play on a power play. Yet, yeah, where you might as well try to put some skill there, make it work. And the best, yeah, with Bertuzzi, Cobb, Raymond, Hronik, and Bergeron, and that was a pretty good unit, honestly. They score. I mean, the like uh, thank the week of Thanksgiving. We look at the Nashville game and the Arizona game. Heronik had two goals, or no, Cop had a goal, and Horonic did he have a goal as well? Heronik also did have a goal. Yeah, so he had two goals back to back games, both in the power play. Cop also in the power play. So that's three second unit goals, which was a rarity. I don't think it even happened. I don't think they even second unit even had a goal. Yeah. Other point other before Bergeron came in, so. It's, he's definitely, and even at the five on five, I mean, you look at his possession and I really thought going in, I'm like, okay, he's probably not going to be the the best guy in corners or uh, maybe he tries to really force plays and stuff like that. And he's really been super patient. And I brought up the Zarnick goal. I mean, he came down the wall. He really, he drew everyone towards him. And found Zarnick, who smartly enough had to stick on the ice, which again, really nice that the Red Wings have a guy like Zarnick in, in the system to just call up. Yeah. Agreed. He's been great. He's been good. In, he's been great in his call ups. Yep. Fourth line energy guy just playing 10 minutes is plug and play. He's been, yeah, fantastic. I got no complaints about Austin Zarnick. Obviously, huge loss for Tuzzi, but obviously getting a guy like Zarnick in the lineup, you, you feel good for him. Feel good for Agreed. him. But. Again, with Bertuzzi, that's – yeah, so the Red Wings are looking at, especially with their schedule coming up too, you got Tampa Bay Tuesday, tomorrow night, or today when people are listening. Florida Thursday, Dallas Saturday. Then I believe it's a back-to-back next week with Minnesota and I'm blanking the other team. It's
1: Carolina on that Tuesday. (sighs) Carolina on that Tuesday at home, then you travel to Minnesota – And then you got a pesky Sens team on that Saturday who's been playing a lot better as of late, at home. Some tough games. Some tough games. Continue the trend. You follow the next week with in Washington, on a Monday. Tampa Bay at home on a Wednesday, and then Ottawa again, and then you get a break. And then after Christmas break, you get Pittsburgh and Buffalo on a back to back. It's not an easy schedule. No this month. There's no oh,
0: yeah. There's not a, a lot of games where I'm like, okay, the Red Wings, they they should win this.
1: Nope.
0: Not a lot of those. So you really look at the depleted lineup. It's gonna be the Red Wings are gonna need to play their best. Uh, there was a good stretch the beginning of the season without Bertuzzi that they were were playing their best, but right now, I mean, can down Bertuzzi. Verana's return is still a question mark, and I hope he's doing well. Again, not trying to rush him, but I don't. Maybe fat like Fabry. I think the broadcast said about January first is a return. It sounds like he's ramping up pretty good at practice, which is really encouraging. And I hope he's doing. Like I hope he is taking the proper time and comes back and it's not rushed, which doesn't seem like they are. But what if he was able to come in sometime this month? Wouldn't that be awesome?
1: That would be a huge spark for the offense.
0: Yeah, not that, again. He's probably a he's a middle six winger. Again, second line is probably his max that he should be playing at, but pretty consistent score since he's been in Detroit. 20, 20 goal pace guy.
1: There might be a recovery process for him too,
0: as well. Yeah, definitely. I should not. People shouldn't be expecting him to be top form right away. But he's been wearing the the contact jersey in practice from pictures, what I can tell, and. Which is which is encouraging for sure, but I mean, still without Soderblom, Zadina, and I mean, Zadina feels like a fever dream at this point. <laughs> There's a lot of depth that has been lost to the forward position, and it's understandable that Detroit's had five on five scoring issues, but this make this is just in implies that the power play needs to be that much better. Yeah. To win those 3-2 games, you need at least a power play goal in one of those games, and one of those three, right? Yeah. So, I'm really curious to see how they handle this, and again, I think you said it before we came on air, but if they don't go 500 during this stretch, it's pretty tough to see them playing hockey after whatever the April point is.
1: Yeah, especially with the way the rest of the teams in the Atlantic are heating up, especially the Florida teams. Uh, and then t- Toronto and Boston are kind of in a class of their own right now.
0: Yeah, they're elite teams. Yeah. And you're you basically how I kind of look at the standings right now. The Red Wings are competing with a few teams, Florida, New York, Pittsburgh for the wild cards. Yep. I kind of see they've kind of that group's kind of separated themselves and it's just to see who's going to fight it out and stick. Oh. And obviously Pittsburgh's a very good team And Florida has kind of underperformed Not by underlying numbers Underlying numbers have been pretty good It's just in terms of actually putting the puck in the back of the net And they're getting Anthony Duclair back pretty quick Which is and, a yeah, pretty big help So it's going to be a It's an uphill battle for the Red Wings
1: They were missing Eckblad pretty bad at the start of the year too
0: Yeah yeah, they were, their defense was down bad a little bit. Brandon Montour played pretty well, but... Yeah. You know, again, overall, pretty rough, but... Um, the Reddings are at the... I, I, again, in terms of expected goals against, the Reddings have been pretty good. The defense... I know you kind of break up defensive issues, and there's been certain guys, I think two of them, that are, we're really were kind of concerned about in terms of we thought they'd be better, that being Ben Sherrod and Moritz Sider. But overall, the rest of the, I think the rest of the, like, the four are playing as good as you could have hoped. Especially the second pair, second players, second the second pair is the first pair in my eyes at this point. If you look at ice time and stuff like that, they're they're playing first pair unit minutes. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think they they had their worst game against the Vegas. They got torched a couple times, especially that first goal. Um. Mata just again he showed his he doesn't have the he's not the fleetest of foot. Kind of got yeah. torched and lost his guy, and Horonic, tried to cover, and Jack Eichel was left wide open. Um. But overall, other than that, I mean, he's done wonders for Phil Peronic. And again, I know we've kind of, we kind of waxed poetic about him last episode, but I mean, still 22 points in 24 games for Phil Peronic. He's been outstanding. He's been our best defenseman.
1: Offensively and defensively, too.
0: That's the thing. Yeah. He's made I mean, he made a big stop in the Columbus game. I watched the uh the highlight, the the long highlight pack, like the 10 minute one that the NHL puts out, but He made this big breakup as a 3-on-1 against Columbus, which was Yeah,
1: he missed the play before that, though, where he threw Pete to, like, a shift before that. (laughs) This doesn't help help my prerogative. No, I'm just saying, (laughs) in that game, literally right before that, he flipped a pass in front of the net, like, from behind the net, just flipped it in front of the net, like, and I was, oh, my gosh, what are you doing? That's that's Phil Yeah,
0: That's Phil. He seems huh. I mean he seems to be in his happy place. however he's 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 being used. His shots per game has gone up quite a bit. I don't know if you saw that stat. Yeah, I did. Which is it's almost shot and a half. He's up, which is which is big. Again, I think we said that last year. He's just like just seems to get puck on net. He's got a great yeah. shot. Yeah, he does. He also changed his curve, which is I know they pointed out on the broadcast, which is big. He had that weird square like Lidstrom curve for a while. Now he's using it looks like a P28. Which, for people who aren't aren't aware, is more of a more of a hook. Definitely a bigger curve, but it's he's, he's, zero, he's zeroing in on the net a little bit more, which is it's working. So, I would I would love him to change the tape. His tape drives me nuts. I love uh, it. The, the slap on him and Bertuzzi. The slap on numbered tape. Yeah, and Zadina. Sadina does it too. It's his Zadina. Doesn't help him, but it does it.
1: When is Zedina supposed
0: to come back? It was six weeks, I believe. Six to eight weeks, actually, for Zadina. Didn't he block a shot too? I think so. He did. <laughs> we totally forgot about it.
1: <laughs> I keep continuing to. I stay forgetting about Zadina.
0: Yeah, again. <laughs> what happens with him? I have no idea. What was the last game he played? Oh, man. Wasn't the eight was it? It wasn't the eight two New York game, was it? He played nine games. so I'm trying to think of the ninth game this season. Buffalo no, it wasn't even the ninth 8-3. game. It was the eleventh game. Was it Buffalo eight two? Was the last game he played?
1: No eight three that game was, but that was the last game he played. Really? zero game? goals, zero assists season? That's pretty good, right? I think so. Uh, yeah, that was would have been the last week.
0: I don't remember what happened to him. I know it was six to eight weeks. So whatever, however long ago that that game was, but well, that was the beginning of the month, wasn't it? November, beginning of November. Yeah, so we're basically at the fifth week. So he could come back next week. Um, again, he hasn't really shown that he's going to be a huge uh, plus to this roster. But again, he ha- would have an opportunity to prove himself, which is a bonus. Um, no, but. Yeah. Man, I, I can't believe I forgot about the energy. I have no idea what the injury was. I thought it was foot. Was it foot as well? Wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, he blocked a shot. The blocked foot, a but... shot. Yeah. yeah.
1: Week, it's starting week five right now, and week six would start on, like, the day before the Carolina-Minnesota.
0: I haven't seen anything about Backed him skating back. at all even, so, I mean, I think we're still, it's fair to say, like, probably not going to be next week even. No, you might but, I mean that could trading. change. That could change. It's a fluid it's a fluid thing. Um but yeah, kind of talking about staying on the defense, uh how impressive you been with the bottom pair as well, Australian Wallman.
1: I've been in particularly surprised by how good and consistent Jordan Australia has been. Yeah. Um I have liked Jake Wallman a lot, but I was kind of expecting this kind of play from him and was hoping to get that back from him and that it wasn't just a small sample size where we liked him a lot last year. But Jordan Osterley has been a a happy surprise for for me, at least, Um, considering he's taken the spot of the guy that was drafted over Jason Robertson is also surprising because that player must be a stud, right? <laughs> um no, I, I've liked that pairing quite a bit.
0: Yeah, Just they're both simple very hockey. They're playing very simple hockey, they're both mobile, and they're also getting their chances in the offensive zone, which is something that uh the first pairing hasn't really done. If I'm gonna compare. In yeah. terms of Jake, Jake Wallman loves to activate off the blue line and get himself open. I mean, he's not scoring. He no, can have he could have like four goals this year.
1: But he likes shooting. Likes shooting and
0: Hey, they the Red Wings are getting the possession back and they're getting good chances, so positive in my eyes. Yeah, yeah the best defense is uh, good offense. So, that's possession's True. helping, but kind of leads me into the discussion with uh Sherrod and Sider. I think uh everyone has kind of decided that uh this pairing has not worked yet and it kind of seems time that they should explore something else. What do you feel is the best solution?
1: I don't, you can't break up the, the Heronic Mata pair right now, especially the way Heronic's going. You have to do a combination between the third and. Initially, it was the first pair, but I, I like what you said about it, I'd probably call it the second pair now. Yeah. Do a combination between two and three, whether mm-hmm. it's maybe it's Wallman up with cider or an Australian Shiraz. Either way. Something's got to be done.
0: I know. I kind of like compare that stylistically. I mean, last year I felt, I feel as if Jordan is kind of like that perfect blend. He kind of just mimics the, his partner's needs, and he's just like I'll be, I'll be there. Like with Wallman, for example, he's moving the puck quick, getting up ice, and they're both using their mobility in the defensive zone, making really easy D to D passes and out. Really simple game. Last year with Cider. Kind of let Cider take the majority of the workload. Was able to move the puck he again moved the puck pretty well. He's he can skate very well, which helps out with zone exits. And I mean with Schrod as well. I mean, I'm I'm curious to see how he could help Sherrod's game. So a has come as advertised. I I should give him credit. He did have a really nice breakup on a two on one against Line A, and I don't remember who the other player was. Where he batted the puck out of the air. That was kinda of sick. Not gonna yeah, lie. that was
1: nice. Yeah.
0: And I've liked his physical presence as I think it keeps people honest. Again, the Red Wings got pushed around a little bit last year. It definitely adds to the defensive core. But overall, in terms of being a first pairing defenseman, I don't, it's not it. Yeah. Not it. You got to You got to. You can use. He's still a very usable player. It's just like you need to use him in the right role. And his ice time has kind of started to reflect that. I mean, I've kind of looked at his deployment and stuff like that. He's been around like the 18-minute mark. A lot recently, the past couple weeks, so kind of again is indicative of what they see in him. Granted, I know he's not getting the power play time and what that and whatnot. So I know a lot of it's even strength and penalty kill, but still, not really helping. He's not helping Cider right now. You could argue Cider's not helping Sharat because Cider's not at, He's not um, perfect in this scenario either. He's not free of criticism. He's not been great. He's been good at times, but he has not been great. Yeah, a lot of his I I feel his decision making has been off. He's trying to do too much, and then he's in his head that he couldn't do it. Where last year it almost felt like he was able, he kind of was able to kind of do what he wanted and had a lot of confidence, and then he just kind of carried over through the rest of the year. He didn't play with more risk, and I know that's been a focal point for Lalone to trying to eliminate some risk. But it doesn't he doesn't feel like himself and it's been allowed I mean with the opportunity I mean Horonic's taken over the first unit power play sider's kind of been bouncing between the two units either one or two. He just needs to play better.
1: yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with it seems like there's a lack of heavy lack of chemistry between the two like as if they're not they just don't know how to communicate with each other, which seems so simple and small, but it really is a big thing. Which is pretty wor- worrisome, in my opinion, if you're not able to communicate each o- with each other this
0: far into the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in terms of samples, twenty games is pretty good. It's a pretty hefty sample, considering the re- they've they've been exclusively that pairing. Yeah, I'm I'm asking to see something different, and I mean, I, I, we kind of alluded to Charot taking a shot off the fingertips. Against Columbus, we almost we almost saw that without really wanting that to be the situation where we lose a defenseman. Yeah, but exactly. I would. I, I'm curious to see again. I, I like your suggestion of maybe either Wallman or Osterley, whoever. I kind of like Wallman being higher up, but again, I understand Osterley, Osterley seems like he's getting more trust from the coaching staff right now, as they've credited him for playing his offhand, which is which is important. And he's. I know he had a couple of games where he's around the 20 minute mark. I, I believe it was the Vegas game, like he was around the 20-minute mark.
1: Yeah, to kind of go off that offhand thing, though, it's easier to plug and play Walman than though if, if you're more comfortable with playing osterley on his offhand with Sherratt. Um That's true.
0: I know, I, know, I know Sherratt can play his offhand, too.
1: It is noteworthy um, how maybe Jordan Osterly's reverted a little bit to old Arizona self when he was logging, like, what, 22 minutes a night? For Arizona when they were in the bubble, yeah, he was probably their best defenseman then. Most consistent, probably. Most consistent. I mean, I don't even was Czechin hurt in the
0: bubble or no? Probably.
1: Yeah, he's always hurt. I mean, he's
0: not even the best. He's not even the best uh, twenty sixteen draft pick in that in that trade. True. Yeah, you, can you argue at this point that Philip Ronges better than Jacob Czechin? No. No. I think off pure the highs, the highs of the players, no, you cannot argue that. But the highs of the players in in terms of health and longevity, Horonic's been running circles around Chikrin. Chicrin's Chicrin the most games Chickren's played in a season is fifty-six. Yeah. Or not fifty-six, I think I think that was his first it was only full season, I should say. I think he's played like sixty or something like that in one of the seasons. The fourth
1: best defenseman Fifth best defensive in Arizona this year. If you think about it, like Giannis Jerome Moser is probably number one, right? Pretty easy. Ghost Bear, Stetcher, and then Nemeth. And then <laughs> you have Chekran.
0: <laughs> I thought he looked, I thought Chekran looked good against Detroit. when Chekran
1: was like the best player on the ice, damn near.
0: He was good. He was good that game.
1: He looked very good. <laughs>
0: I, he's definitely a, he's a very good player, but I'm so I'm I think agree.
1: he's like a good complementary player to Stetcher. That's why I say that because Stetcher was probably he didn't stand out as much because he was kind of playing defense and offense because Checkern was all over the place and I Checkern did look good doing it, but I thought Stetcher was outstanding and Stetcher and Nemeth are very good defensemen.
0: Nemeth. But What? What? I just you, know, you said Nemeth's is a good defenseman. I thought it was kind of funny. Remember, remember when when Philip Ronick and Patrick Nemeth were partners? Yeah, that didn't go well.
1: Didn't go poorly. It was better than when Danda Kaiser and Philip Ronick were partners.
0: That was like oil and water. Yeah, <laughs> or Nick Letty it wasn't good either. That wasn't good. That was, that was good.
1: legitimately oil and water. <laughs> <laughs> Danda Ugh. Kaiser was like. I don't even know what that was. That was like, who would you say? I would say that was like water and like a stick. Acid. Something that doesn't move. Like a tr- a trunk. A stone. Dan- a stone and water. It
0: just kind of sink- sinks to the bottom. Yeah, that's water. The water, dandy- mo- dandy- the water dandy- moves Ky-
1: around it. That's Dandekaiser. And then Letty, it was oil and water. And then what was Nemeth? It was fine. It was a okay, leaf, actually. A,
0: a leaf in water, maybe. Yeah, it kind of float. Flies around. Yeah, it floats a little bit. Um, I kind of wanted to. I did want to talk about it a little bit. Um, I think this very much pertains to Larkin. Again, I, they talked about it in thirty-two thoughts. Uh, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick, but Rupe hints contract in terms of impacting Bo Horvat and Dylan Larkin. And so if anyone, if anyone missed it, last week, I think it was Wednesday, I think they signed the contract, Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh Rupe hints, uh, eight years at 8.45 million. By the way, great deal for Dallas. Huge win. That is a great contract. Rupe hints, I know you really like Rupe hints a lot. I'm a big Rupe hints guy. He's very good. And again, part of one of the best lines in the NHL with Robertson and Pavelski. I mean, kind of goes without saying. But um yeah, Dylan Larkin obviously still ongoing contracts. I I know Freeman did mention that he thinks it's a really big number and they continue to talk and grind it out um but he feels as if maybe Eisman will he obviously has a past history of being a Stamco situation but also he feels maybe Eisman's gonna maybe will start to bend a little bit which is kind of interesting an indication it's more of his guess but it is something. But yeah. like with, all, with all these contracts, I mean, obviously, like, Tage Thompson's contract looks like a steal at this point. Dude might be the most fun player in the NHL. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then you have Rupa Hintz, which is a really good comparable. Jordan, Kairou, uh, Robert Thomas. Um, I'm trying, I'm blanking on a couple of them. I mean, JT Miller signed a contract. That doesn't look too great right now. But that Bor- Bor- and Dylan Arkin are definitely staring at each other and being like, okay, who blinks first? Cause that's Literally. what I'm using. That's Literally. what I'm using. They're very similar in caliber. I think I'd rather Larkin, but Bo Horvat's. Uh, he's been an absolute freak this year on a really bad Vancouver team. Can you imagine? Uh, so it sounds like Vancouver's not going to resign Horvat, but you imagine Horvat and Detroit. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Kind of, be very fun. Very very fun. Dude can dude is the you've I think you've mentioned he's like one of the best bumper players in the NHL.
1: I think he is the best bumper player in the NHL.
0: (laughs) The thing is though, Cider him and Sider have to fight over 53. True. Be a tough one.
1: That would be a tough one. What what would you be willing to pay Dylan Larkin?
0: Anything less than like nine and a half, I think I can get behind.
1: Nine and a half's a juicy number.
0: It's a juicy number, yes. Anything less than that, I think. Anything, I'm more around. I think. I think it ends up being around nine by eight years. What was Rupe's again? Eight point four five. There's a there's a couple of key differences. Rupe that didn't hasn't steal. he's played he's he hasn't played. He, they're the same age basically. I think uh, Larkin's three months older than Rupe hints, which doesn't really seem. I mean, they're a year apart, but Larkin was really young for his draft year. Um, but he's also Larkin's also basically doubled the amount of games that Rupe Hintz has played. Yeah. And has more longevity. And also UFA years, which is also a huge indication of, uh, in terms of a negotiation. So Rupe Hintz had less to go off of. And again, they used the Miro Heiskanen number because it's the exact contract that Heiskanen signed. Yeah. So basically Jim Nell was like, I'm not going higher than this. And this will also be a, a marking point for the Red Wings as well. When, or, uh when Raymond Insider as well, so it's a very important contract.
1: Yeah, it's just hard for me to say that he should be paid more than Rupa Hintz.
0: I mean, if you look at points wise this year, I mean, Rupa Hintz, of course, I was, I was like writing an article about it, and then of course Rupa Hintz, like a three point game, but they were tied in points for with like the same amount. Like, they were at like the same point number, but now Rupa Hintz is like thirty, and Larkin is twenty six or twenty seven. Okay. They're fairly close. Um, and you look at last year, basically the pace is is about the same. Larkin had 69 and 71. Rupe Hintz had 73 and 80, I think, 72. Yeah. If you're looking at the past couple of years in terms of just pure production, very similar. And Rupe Hintz is a line driver, he's very fast. Larkin, line driver. I know you've had points this season where you've felt that Larkin, I, and I, I agree, I, I picked out. <laughs> I think the Vegas game wasn't his strongest game. I thought he kind of struggled in the sense of he's making some weird decisions. He's been a
1: no-show in big games. He's looked good against bad teams, and then in games that you need your big players to rise up, he hasn't risen up until we're losing by four goals, right?
0: Yeah, I i can I can see that.
1: I can see Which that. Which is something you don't want to see. And I, I know Rupa Hintz's numbers are kind of a little bit different because of the caliber of line he's also playing on. Correct, that is something that needs to be looked at too, um. So that that can be construed too, but just the player himself. I mean, what it's his fourth full season in the NHL or almost full season, something like that. And I think he's been his the COVID year. I think he was over a point per game. And then he was, almost, he was
0: around it. Yeah, he's around it.
1: I think he was over. And then last year, he was just under a point per game, but had right. almost almost 40 goals. 37, I believe. 37. Yeah, I think that sounds right. And then this year, I think he's at 30 points in 24 games, I think. Yep. Which is, I mean, he's playing with J-Rob. So, but still.
0: Best goal score 2022, Jason Robertson. Best, he, has the most goal- he has the most goals in the calendar year of 2022 right now. He's beating. All- he's ahead of Austin Matthews. Yeah, he's better than Austin Matthews. It's true. It's true. Best American player, Jason Robinson. Um, no, I, 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 it's very interesting in terms of comparables and stuff like that, and what you pay Larkin. And I think, I think it's me around nine, and I, I'm okay with that. I think he's that caliber, and I, I do agree with. He needs to start. A little more consistency would be... I think the top six as well has kind of struggled with consistency as a whole for the Red Wings. I do think Perron has basically showed up in every game. It's been a couple points here and there. But otherwise than that, there's been points for every guy. I'm like, okay, they need to pick it up. Yeah. But definitely... It's just, some, it's just
1: something I'm slightly concerned by the more and more I see it. Because it seems to be every time the Red Wings have played... A high caliber team. I just haven't noticed Dylan Arkin. until yeah. until it's a
0: Joe Valeno time of last year. Garbage time. We we call them garbage Joe. Garbage Joe. Loved loved playing loved playing the last eight minutes of a he four, does. One, four one loss
1: when the other team's sleeping.
0: That's right. It's where he gets him catches up with the speed. Yeah. Um no big week for Red Wings hockey. I'm I'm pretty excited to watch how they perform against the top teams. Again, we could be this year's Bruins. I don't know if you yeah. I don't know if you remember last year the Bruins record against uh, non playoff teams. Basically like the ninety seven Bulls. True. I think they were like forty and five against non playoff teams, and their the record against playoff teams was terrible.
1: Well, the Randy's are already oh one and one against Buffalo, so that doesn't look
0: too hot. Well, playoff team, according to you, I of the Red. I didn't. Wings. I didn't say they were a playoff team. I just said
1: they would be finished <laughs> better than the Red Wings.
0: <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. Um. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I'm trying to count playoff teams right now. I mean, L. A. Lost both games. Boston lost. Uh, Toronto, Vegas lost. They beat New Jersey once, but they that's spoke when New Jersey New was Jersey. Yeah, New Jersey was really bad. to Start the year, so I don't know if that really counts. Beat
1: the Islanders.
0: That was a good game. I'll give them credit for that one. Beat I the wild for, uh, yeah, wild kind of or whatever right now. They, they're they they play. a playoff
1: team though Did they, the, they beat the Kraken
0: or do they play the Kraken even? Theyn't played the Kraken yet. That's another really weird team the the Seattle Kraken. I, I didn't think want so. You don't think you think they're good? I think they're good. I've watched. They're doing, it, they're doing it in spite of their goaltending, which is why I think they're a weird team. Because you look at Martin Jones' numbers, his record's insane, but he is an 893.
1: Martin Jones looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: that's what I'm that's saying. That's the problem they're...
1: with that team. They don't have one good goalie. And Grubauer just came back and he's still bad. Alex Nadelkovic, come on down. He's Seattle not Bradley. any better than Martin Jones or Grubauer. Shh. They should have kept know. Helberg. Should have. Helberg's six better setup. than Ned. Yeah.
0: Six setup. I no, like that, that team right now.
1: Not gonna they're lie, fun. they're fun. They are, they're a lot of fun. And the resurgence Taneers, of Justin Schultz—he's been pretty good. He's been
0: really good. They have a lot of guys who I'm, I'm a big fan of. Sam Shane, Shane Wright just got recalled from his conditioning stint after scoring four goals in five games. It's almost like he needed to play games.
1: Yeah, it's almost good like friend. he's the next Austin Matthews.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. Anything else before we wrap up?
1: no i should be good
0: all right well i'll do it for this one uh make sure you check out our partners inside the rink.com uh follow us on twitter at tpl pod subscribe on apple pod leave a review helps us out and uh if you're looking at any christmas gifts this year our merch is updated so you can check that out helps us out support the pod yeah thank you for listening